Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Brent Mukai Podcast. It is me, your host, Brent Mukai, voice actor, improv trainer, entertainer. How are you doing? You sweet mukaleles, all of you sweet, sweet mukakis, you League of Extraordinary Brentlemen, you Brentologists, you Brentomologists, all of you ologists. What's going on? It's it's me again, Brent. Was that is that a surprise to you? Huh? Did you were you expecting someone else? Were you expecting someone else to crash this podcast? Just just talk about <laughs> themselves. Maybe their name's Charles. Maybe their name isn't Charles. Maybe their name is is Stefan. Hmm. It's nuts. How crazy would that be? I wouldn't betray your trust like that. And I'm a little I'm a little sour that you would even imply that I <laughs> that I would I would take a random person and and let them be me and pretend to parade around as Brent on this podcast. Fuck. I'm ha- I'm having a day. I'm having a day, y'all. I'm having a day. Stay day started. Uh had a had a uh, 10:30 a.m. Um, uh, improv training with the woman who teaches the keynote speaking, uh, uh, Amy Ayub. For those of you who are curious and maybe are in Vegas and want to take training about uh, keynote speaking, it's a cool, interesting field. It's like TED Talks and shit. Uh, this woman who I adore, who who has helped me get more jobs, who was the reason for my the accounting job that I got. Um, last week like one week ago um dude yeah I, I taught one of her keynote speaking classes the thing is that the class is at the voice actor studio uh and i had a class there at 6 30 p.m which i'm just just now getting back from i i i came back home um if you're noticing this episode is coming out late on friday night um because I ended that class, the Amy's class, at, at noon, right, at, at 12 p.m. I ended at 12 p.m. and didn't have class until 6.30 p.m., which to which I needed to be there at 6 p.m. So I uh, said, oh, that's six whole hours. I can... I can do a whole bunch of this shit, right? I can I can get all of this stuff off off of my list of, of shit that I need to do. Uh, and I did none of it because, because in the studio, we were at the studio and the owner of the studio, Melissa, was there. She's my mentor, my voice acting coach, somebody that I, I hold truly dear to my heart who, who has made so much of, of who a part of who I am now as Brent, the freelance uh, uh, voice actor, improv trainer, entertainer. Like she she developed my business skills and, and learned me some shit that I needed to learn, and she is launching a podcast soon, um, I, which I will not divulge the details, because she's keeping it hush-hush, she's been keeping it hush-hush, but uh, her and uh, another worker at the studio are, are launching their podcast, so she said, hey, do you want to hang out, we're going to be testing some of our equipment, all that stuff, I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll chill for a little bit, um, and thought, okay, cool. I, I I woke up late this morning. I woke up like at 9.30, 10-ish. 
I live like five minutes from the studio, so I didn't have time to go grab breakfast. I didn't grab breakfast. Luckily at the studio, there was a big tray. Amy always makes a nice big tray of like just the best shit, just like cheese squares and like like squares of cheese and uh, like finger foods and like meats and all this shit. And uh, I partook, you know, in the morning and I was like, okay, cool. I I have enough gas to go for... uh, for another few, and I, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I, I kind of, um, I sort of uh, uh, had a hard time sleeping. So I, I maybe got five hours, maybe five hours, yeah, about five hours of sleep, maybe four, um, just from lack of sleep, uh, lack of, I, I don't know, I, had, I just had, my mind was racing, I had a lot on my mind. Um, for the class today, for Amy's class, I wanted to do some, improv games and and test them in different ways because they were mostly like out of 16 students I'd worked with uh 13 of them so I wanted to bring new games new improv things and and talk about some new talking points so uh I I was developing it last night and I got really excited I have this bad habit of getting really excited about something and then staying up late because of my excitement for it and that happened yesterday and I didn't get a lot of sleep so I thought okay cool Noon will come, and I'll have time to knock out some of this other shit on my list, right? Do the podcast, for sure, afternoon podcast. Uh, Get a bite to eat. Maybe even take a nap. Six hours, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of fucking time to do some shit. Uh, And I end up just hanging out at the studio. (laughs) Because I love it. There, it's it's like a passion to just be there is, is amazing. I love the studio. I love the people. Um, All the people that showed up, I was so fucking happy to just see and chat and boom. There's an audio producer in town. There's like a dude who came by and he was, you know, just coming to hang. And she said, yeah, he's coming at like two. Do you want to hang out until two? I was like, yeah, let's fucking talk. Let's chat. She's telling me about the podcast and all this stuff. And I'm giving her some tips and thoughts and, you know, a lot of shit that I've just learned doing this podcast. And then David showed up who, who works for one of the big agencies in town. Uh, he's the audio producer for a place called R and R and, uh, he sends me auditions. He booked me on like a really phenomenal fucking gig for, um, the Las Vegas. Fuck. I can't remember the name. LVHCA or some shit. I don't know what it stands for. It's like um, it's like the tourism committee or community or something, and it's it's on the radios here, and I still haven't heard it, but whatever. It's it's up. Um, he 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 gave me the opportunity to audition for it, and I got the job and got a, a nice fucking paycheck and a few extra jobs from there. And he he keeps sending me stuff, so I said yeah. David's coming. I want to say hey. I want to say thanks. I want to, you know, just chill. And uh, he came by, and then a couple other people came by after that. And it just turned into a whole fucking day. And the next thing I know, I have still not eaten yet. I'm just picking at cheeses and meats, just like like finger cheeses, like f- finger cheeses, <laughs> finger food type shit, like shit that you'd find on a toothpaste. I'm just picking at it. And I still haven't eaten fucking substantial food. And it's 6 o'clock. And people are rolling up to the studio for the class. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. So I teach the class 6.30 to 9.30. 
and, and I'm and I'm just doing my shit. It's like I'm just full of energy because I love it. I love teaching that much, and I love improv, and I love helping people understand how improv connects and sharing my love of all of it and how it connects to to voice acting and, and how much of what we think are our problems aren't really our problems and how we have to have more self-awareness to, to diagnose what's really going on in a situation to be able to remedy it when when we believe that we have drawbacks, right? So all this beautiful stuff that I teach in improv, um, uh, in, in those classes specifically, and, and really any corporate class, I'm kind of teaching self-awareness and communication and all that shit. But I love I love teaching it at the studio too because it's like, oh, cool, yeah, these are my people, like the voice acting stuff and how it relates, and and then it is just one extra layer to the how it relates to life, how it relates to how we communicate and talk and just generally live. So fuck dude like it, it it was it was great fun ass class loved every minute of it couldn't be happier then suddenly it's 9 30 and i'm leaving and i'm shooting the shit and cleaning up and i leave and it's like you know 9 50 9 45 and uh and so i say i'm gonna go get some chicken wings come back it's to my apartment it's 10 30 and I'm like, fuck, I still haven't done the podcast. I still haven't done it. And if I take, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to do the podcast, then if I eat first and then do the podcast, it's already going to be past Friday. So if you're if you're watching on YouTube, which if you haven't watched any of it on YouTube, like look me in the eyes, like come come to YouTube and just look me in the eyes. And you'll never want to to not look me in the eyes again because I, I have vulnerable, <laughs> just ma- magical uh, fucking... Uh, I have hungry eyes right now. Remember that? It's a hungry eyes. I have hungry fucking eyes because I'm just looking at the... F- I'm looking at the screen right now. You can't tell, but I'm looking at the screen and I'm looking at right in the background, right there. That's my fucking chicken wings and I still haven't eaten them yet. And I haven't eaten anything all day. I've just been eating. I've just been slamming cheese and meats, like cheese squares and meat roll-ups, like little tiny meat roll-ups. Ah, oh, fuck, dude. Like I am. I'm dying. But delayed gratification is the name of the game. And I thought, like, do you really? Do you seriously? Do you seriously think that I, I, I can't, I can't hold off? delaying my gratification of those chicken wings. Do you seriously think that I'm doing this podcast and all I'm thinking about are these sweet fucking garlic parmesan wings? Are you are you, do you do you really believe that I am talking and I'm mad and I'm angry that I I'm here talking to you? <laughs> Instead of eating these fucking wings, is that really what you think? You really think that I I'm upset with you right now? And that I wanna, I wanna reach through the microphone and grab your fucking whole head and just, and just bop you on the head a couple times, and and say go to sleep. And I just, I just put an arm around your neck and go shh, shh, go to sleep, go to sleep, right? And then I go eat my chicken wings, and then <laughs> the thing is this, the thing is this, this is a common trend. I, I, for better or worse. I want to, I, I'm a lot of times 
my um what is the word my procrastination manifests itself in the guise of helping somebody because if i am going to go help somebody then i am like well this is helping this person is more important than fucking doing this this other shit or you know being a part of this is going to help me in the long run for this so maybe i can work some shit around so that has its benefits but it also has its drawbacks and the truth of the matter is is that i want to uh help other people and uh that sometimes looks like staying at the studio for six hours to hang out and be like okay cool here are my thoughts on podcasting and social media in general and uh and let's talk some business stuff because I am a teacher there at the studio and I, I'm so grateful. I'm I'm basically at the point where I'm so fucking grateful to be at that studio and to be a part of it and to be teaching the classes there and to, to have the opportunities that I have and to do the things that I do there and to, to be ingratiated into not just the family of being a student there but of being part of the family behind the scenes there and so trusted and so so just loved that I fucking any like this is six hours of my time where I would have normally wanted to take a nap or gotten a bite to eat it just flew by and I didn't it didn't even I didn't feel hunger I didn't feel tired now it's all kind of catching up to me because I'm like fuck I'm looking at these fucking chicken wings also there's a big spread of other foods that I can't fucking eat there because Amy brings these huge trays of just snacks there's just cookies and muffins oh oh my fucking god there's lemon squares there there's fucking lemon squares and that's like one of my favorite fucking desserts I love tart desserts it's one of my favorite fucking things in the whole world and I didn't eat anything I didn't eat any of it because I'm doing keto still still doing keto i've lost about 20 pounds or so since i started about 20 pounds or so i don't know the exact weight because i still am using my fucking stupid electronic scale anyways these lemon squares these cookies all this shit's just looking me in the face we keep it until the night class the improv night class that i'm teaching and people are picking at it and eating little bits sure here and there fine I'm picking out a little bit of cheese and whatever. Cool. And then it comes time to leave. And uh, it's me and my engineer. My engineer's also on keto, but he doesn't live with anybody. So he's like, you going to take any of this? And I'm like, I can't eat any of it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. But my roommates can, I guess. So I, I take the big tray and I put all of the bullshit foods I can't eat on it. Like, all, like we dump the fruits and the meats and cheeses because it's like, you know, we can't salvage that shit. Nobody's going to be eating a day-old, you know, slice of a bagel. <laughs> Somebody might, but, like, really? <laughs> That's not the shit. I know the good shit. I was eating that good shit a month and a half ago. So I take all the fucking cookies and the muffins and all these fucking, oh, the lemon squares, and I, I put it on a plate. I put it on this giant fucking Tupperware thing, and it's just like there's like there's like twenty pieces of lemon squares. Like there's just so much of it, and I bring it fucking home, and I'm just hungry as fuck. I bring it home. I don't eat any of it. Bring it home, and now I get to know that my roommates will enjoy delicious fucking sweet 
sweet, sugary foods that I love and will never eat again. Never is a long time that I, I will not eat again in the near future. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to stick to keto. Why did I do this to myself? I feel fucking, I feel like, God, I feel like somebody reached inside my asshole and punched the outside of my stomach, like the, or the innards of my stomach. And like, like my stomach is just, you know what I mean? Like it just, it just kind of came out a bit because that, and that's, that's, and now I have stomach blue balls. Like I feel like blue balls, but with my tummy. Is that a thing? Tummy blue balls. <laughs> Tummy blue balls. <laughs> Can I say Tommy blue balls? <laughs> Sounds like a fucking gangster. It's old Tommy blue balls. Yeah, see, it's Tommy blue balls. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look at his blue balls. <laughs> he just always has like these, those like meditation balls that you spin around in your hand. Tommy blue balls, they call. I don't know, boss. Tommy blue balls is coming around. Tommy Blue Balls, you say? Oh, God. Well, we can't be sticking around here. Get up your mug and come over here. <laughs> hey, it's me, Tommy Blue Balls. <laughs> What's wrong with you lot? I'm not good at improvising on an empty stomach. That's apparent to me now. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, maybe a fair assessment is I'm not competent at improvising on an empty stomach when I've taught my second improv class of the day, and it's fucking just like, oh, and I, and I've just been, I, I was at the studio for like almost 12 hours, like, <laughs> that place, I swear to God, that place gives me strength and energy, Melissa Motes, Troy, her husband, like all those people, all of these wonderful people in my life, they just give me fucking energy, I love it, my roommates give me energy, I love them, that's why I brought them all that fucking food. I can't eat all these fucking good snacks. I'm so upset. I'm so upset that I brought it home. I shouldn't have brought it home. Why did I do that? Why did I do that to myself? I have complete... I'm at the point now, right, where I just know I'm not going to fucking cheat on this diet. Like, I just know. I'm not. While I'm doing keto, it's not going to happen. So... Like, that isn't always the case. Like, the first two, three weeks, crucial. Four, four weeks, the month, you know what I mean? The first time I dieted kind of heavy, it was like the first four weeks was the crucial part. And then once I was over that, it's, it just got easy. So even as hungry as I am, I didn't even reach for any of it. I wasn't even tempted. I was I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping it. So it's like less, now that it's a habit, right? There's, a, there's actually a great book called The Power of Habit by a dude named Charles Duhigg. And um, in it, he outlines how how it takes about a month to develop a habit. And once you're in that habit, it, it, it gets you're not even using it or expending willpower anymore. It's just a habit for you. So I've now developed the habit of not eating sugary foods and all that shit. So, God, I'm looking at these wings. Anyways, um... It's a good class. It's a great class. Great fuck. Two great fucking classes, dude. Like, you can't. Like, I wish you could be a part of these classes. Like, I wish you could see what it's all about. I'm going to move the camera a little bit here. My head's my head's getting a little me, 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 me. There we go. 
Um, yeah, I wish you could see these class. I fucking love teaching these classes, and I, I love um because I've taught my fair share of improv classes to people who are interested in improv, and it's a very different beast from doing corporate gigs or doing gigs where the where I'm relating the improv to um, a specific other field, right? So how does improv affect your voice acting? How does improv, how do we break down improv to make you better at communication in a corporate setting? Like that, that's, that's the minutia of detail that makes it different enough for me that it keeps it interesting. So I'm always constantly, constantly trying to crack this nut that I'm never going to crack. Maybe that's the wrong word. The second I said it, it made me laugh. Crack this nut. Like, um, it's just the, it's just like, and each class is different. Even if I have the same people or similar people from different classes, having them all interact as one, the entire class becomes different to me. Like, and I'm seeing it and I, and I, and I'm, I am improvising the, the, way that I'm approaching it, the way that I'm going, because, you know, sometimes classes are, are, have more questions. Tonight's class was more curious and wanted to talk more. Other classes, I'm just go, go, go. Yeah, we get it. No questions. Boom. We're just hitting one thing after another. Boom, boom, boom. I fucking love that style too. Man, I just, I just love teaching. I love teaching this. I love doing it. Like, it's 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 a part of me i think there's a lot of teachers who get into teaching for reasons that they maybe think that they want to be a teacher or maybe they got inspired by a teacher or something like that but if you don't have it in you dude like if you're not like i learn new information now and i'm always looking at how it relates to how i can turn it into something i share with a class like that's how it goes now i learned yesterday dude named Chris Voss, the FBI top negotiator uh, for years. Now he does public speaking, keynote speeches. And um, I learned something really fucking cool. Like if you've never it, like if you've never gotten value from this podcast, this is this is just me telling you this is going to bring you value. He basically said that the number one way to negotiate with people, the number one thing people are looking for is um or one of the number one things people do is they they say no, right? So if you can phrase your question in a way that allows them to say no to it and you get what you want by them saying no, you win. Uh, Because most people aren't able to distinguish, right? So example, rather than saying, um, rather than saying, hey, would you be willing to cover me? Or hey, would you be willing to do this for me, right? Changing it ever so slightly to, would it be absolutely crazy if you did this for me? That's why people don't say, would you like to purchase new insurance? And now if you listen to the woke (laughs) salespeople, they'll say, are you satisfied with your insurance? Because the second that you say no, and your first answer is to say no, no, I'm not completely satisfied with my insurance. And if they can get you on that hook of no, oh, I'm not, right? Because people's first thought is no. 
it's so prevalent, the no is so prevalent that the second that you say no, it opens up that conversation and people feel like they have more control saying no than they do saying yes. Um, so you, what, I guess what I'm saying is that in improv, you're taught to say yes, right? Yes. And that's the, that's the primary rule of improv and people need to be taught that because we're not necessarily all agree, always agreeable, right? We're, our first instinct is no for a lot of reasons. And so now salespeople are using that as a tactic to turn it around on us and, and make us say no to their advantage, right? And one of the biggest things he outlines is Ronald Reagan's um, speech before he gets elected. The last debate that Ronald Reagan had was he turned to the cameras, turned to the audience, and he said, I want you to ask yourself something. Are we better than we were four years ago? Is this country better? Are we going into a place that you are happy with? Is this blah, 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 blah. All these questions that honestly people are going to fucking say no to no matter how good the fucking years were. Are we better off than we were four years ago? A lot of people are going to say fucking no to that because the people focus on the negative stuff. So he goes through this whole list of questions. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Are we better off? Is the country better off? Are you better off? Are the people you love better off? And then he goes, if the answer to any of those questions is no, I'd like you to vote for me because I can change that. <sighs> and making people focus on that negative of things aren't better than they were before. Fuck. Much more powerful much much more powerful right that's why negative ads outweigh positive ads in political races that's now making sense to me and clicking is because people would rather not vote i know who i'm not voting for right then go out and vote for the person that they actually like and so they're using that same mentality i know who i don't want right i know i know who's no no i know i know no right Interesting shit. Let's look at the Twitter news, shall we? Let's 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 go let's go to Twitter. Let's go to Twitter news. Twi Twitter news, shall we? Twitter. Hmm. Yes, Twitter. Am I saying that correct? Twitter. Um. Oh my God. The actor who portrays Samuel L. Jackson's mother in Glass is younger than him. At Dave Chensky informed people that Charlene Woodard, who plays Samuel L. Jackson character's mother in M. Night Shyamalan's Glass, is actually younger than him. Jackson is 70 and Woodard is 65, but others pointed out that her casting is consistent with that of Unbreakable, which came out 19 years ago. That casting is consistent with that of Unbreakable. Wow. Wow. You know, and that's... That seems like uh, that seems almost like a fucking um, that I mean honestly it seems like a diss on uh, whatever her name is Miss Woodard Char Charlene that seems like a diss on her but honestly Sam Jackson just like looks timeless as fuck like he. <laughs> He still looks like he could be 40-something. Like, in certain angles, no, but a lot of places, he still actually kind of looks like he could still be, like, 40-something. 
And that's not, it's literally not anything, um, that, I mean, that you can't, you can't fault her. I mean, and they're, they're trying to make the character younger, right? And Sam Jackson's playing younger characters everywhere because he just looks like a fucking young dude. <sighs> looks like a young fucking dude. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, what are people saying? Uh... Oh, he was. She was in a scene in Unbreakable, so she's looked older than him for. I don't know, twenty five years. Is that when Glass came or Unbreakable came out? So she she was in the original movie. She wasn't in the fucking. It, it didn't make the cut. I guess it was a deleted scene. So I'm glad. I'm glad that she her scene got deleted in Unbreakable. Now at sixty five. She can fucking go play the mother and reprise her role. And they could have easily just gotten somebody else, but they didn't. They chose her. Good for her. She got she got a paycheck. I'm happy. Let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. Ariana Grande accused of ripping off Soldier Boy. Princess Nokia and 2 Chains on Seven Rings. Okay. First of all, who the fuck cares about Soldier Boy anymore? I don't know who Princess Nokia is, and is 2 Chains relevant? Question mark? I thought he was not relevant anymore, but who knows? This feels like a ploy. This feels like a ploy by Soldier Boy and 2 Chains. Excuse my ignorance on Princess Nokia. She might be big right now, but I'm not. She's not big to me. Like, so I'm just like, it seems like two, like three people, two of which have fallen out of favor and one who is not as big as Ariana Grande are blowing this up so that they can get attention. That's what it fucking seems like. Let's see. Upon the release of her new single, some fans accused Ariana Grande of ripping off Soldier Boy's flow from his song Pretty Boy Swag, while others suggested the song's video stole from 2 Chainz's Pink Trap House aesthetic. Princess uh, rapper Princess Nokia later joined the fray, accusing Grande of stealing her flow from the song Mine. Nokia was then accused of ripping off the artist Kali Uchis. Everybody just calm the fuck down. That's it. That's all. Everybody just calm the fuck down. Why are you calling out Ariana Grande? It's because she's huge. It's because she's gorgeous. It's because she got that ass surgery, I think, or whatever the fuck it was. And, uh... I don't know. Soldier Boy said he was the most influential rapper on a Wednesday and had Ariana Grande rapping in a Pretty Boy swag flow on Seven Rings by Friday. I mean, who the fuck cares? If you're Ariana Grande, right, how do you respond to this? You just say, uh, everybody calm the fuck down. I'm doing my own shit. Um... And this is coming from me who hasn't heard the song. But, dude, rappers will, I don't know, dude. The flow, the flow, really. It's not like she took the actual fucking words and repeated them on a whole nother thing, right? It's not like she took all of your best punchlines and now it's the fucking, at least that's not what it seems like. Like, Maybe two people just accidentally created something that sounded similar. Maybe Ariana was listening to some shit 
And she didn't, you know, she subconsciously was like, oh, that's a cool flow. And subconsciously she had it on the fucking background or she was just listening to it. And she thought about it. She's like, oh, I should write this for this thing. And boom, like that's stealing a flow. That's fucking stupid. That's really fucking stupid. And stealing a, a pink trap house aesthetic from a video Fuck you. Like, I'm sorry, but it takes way more to to execute a video and do all this shit than people realize. Like, that's the whole shit with all of these people coming out saying, oh, these people are comedy thefts and all that shit. Like, relax. Sometimes some shit happens and you don't have, like, like, if it's blatant, right? Like, Carlos Mencia, fuck that guy. He he was stealing people's material and then doing it in front of them before bringing them up on stage. Like, that guy's a fuck. Like, dude, fuck that guy. Seriously. He got too big for his own britches and then fell hard because he got high on his own supply and there was a part of him that I think wanted to get caught. Like... Why why else would you do that? Why would you why would you publicly display to the person you're stealing from that you're stealing their fucking joke? That's fucking stupid. That and that's so egotistical. I can't I can't even I can't even empathize with that. That's because you're stealing people's livelihoods and you're taking their fucking you're ta- you're stealing their material. And then what? And you're benefiting straight from it. You're benefiting straight from their materials. Taking somebody's exact shit and just ripping them off because you're bigger than them, that's the worst, right? Ariana Grande flowing like another rapper by chance, especially in a time when every fucking rapper just raps exactly the fucking same. Get the fuck out of here, dude. She's not stealing your words. She's not stealing that shit. Or at least that's not what this article is about. She could be, but 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 this that's not what this article is. She stole my flow. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? Like like your flow is like a a how many different types of flow are there? Like nobody raps like Eminem. Nobody raps like Snoop Dogg, right? Soldier Boy's fucking flow was was is so just got replicated so much and people were all doing that same fucking shit. That's why he fell out because he was like, Oh, my flow is a soldier boy. And I'm a home. Let me go. That's not fucking original. That's not big. And then princess Nokia, if you're accusing her of doing that, then guess what? You probably sound a lot like fucking soldier boy. Anybody is anybody addressing that? That if it sounds like she ripped off Soldier Boy and Princess Nokia's flow, those two sound awfully similar, I bet. So that's fucking stupid. How are you going to do It's just because she's big and you're not. Get over it. Get the fuck over it. Whew. God, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm just mad. I'm just mad because I am hungry. Oh, boy. A Nancy Drew movie produced by Ellen DeGeneres is just two months away. The trailer for the movie premiered on Ellen on Friday. Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase stars its Sophia Lillis 
is set for release on March 15. Oh, God. Well, this puts me in an awkward position. Because now I have to reveal to you all that I, I read Nancy Drew. I read Nancy Drew as a child. I had a crush on Nancy Drew. I wasn't reading it. I wasn't reading. I, and when I say a child, I mean like a child. I mean I was like eight. I was like seven or eight. And uh, I know all the boys read Hardy Boys. I liked Hardy Boys. But, man, whoever drew those pictures of Nancy Drew on those fucking things with her hair the way it was, fucking hot. <laughs> You, you you piqued the interest of a young man. I was a Nancy Drew fan. Come at me, internet. <laughs> Nancy Drew. Like I, I think my I think my mom was um I'm pretty sure I was gonna turn out gay. I, I think that, that or maybe even my family, maybe my whole family, I think. You know, I, I don't think that they were necessarily worried that I was gonna turn gay. I think that they um not worried, but uh, they, rather the better way to say that is they they had uh, bigger issues to deal with than if I was gay. Like I don't think they would have cared. Uh, I I I had like a lot of mental issues growing up. Just just I, I didn't I didn't a lot of mental social a lot of fucking issues. Um, and so I read Nancy Drew, and I fucking fell in love. And now. The, the qualm, right? Here's the rub. Here's the rub. I have a crush on Nancy Drew. Childhood crush on Nancy Drew. But now, the roles are reversed. Nancy Drew, right? When I was, when I was, you know, eight or nine, reading these books about a fucking 17-year-old girl who was solving mysteries, and I thought that it was really fucking hot, I was like, wow. When I grew up, I want to marry Man- Nancy Drew. Now I'm grown up and I'm 29 years old and they've cast a 17 year old. So I'm like, ooh, that's a oh, hot, hot Nancy Drew, hot ass Nancy Drew. And I'm like, oh, fuck, they cast the girl from <laughs> it. Like, how old? How old is this girl? How old is this girl? Let's see. What is her name? Uh, Sophia Lillis. I don't think she's that old. She doesn't look that old, but if she's like 21, I'll, I'll consider it a fucking... I'll consider it a a fucking win. She's 16 years old. Jesus Christ. She's got an old look to her. (laughs) That's the rub. That's the rub, people. And I don't mean that in a sexual innuendo way. That's the the fucking quandary that I'm in. Is that it's like, fuck. Nine-year-old Brent. It's like, Nancy. Nancy Drew. She's the coolest. Love Nancy Drew. Ooh, she's hot as fuck. You know, like like a uh, uh, a nine year old would say, and uh, <laughs> and now I'm 29. I'm about to be 30 years old. I'm a grown man. I'm just <laughs> like I can't, I can't, I cannot go see the movie, and I can't be like, oh, I have a big crush on Nancy Drew. And people would be like the 16 year old girl on screen. I can't fucking do that. <sighs> You couldn't just cast... I thought the original Nancy Drew was older. I thought that the original Nancy Drew was like 21 or something. But maybe maybe it was my nine-year-old mind thinking like, if you're 17, you might as well be 35. Nancy Drew age. She is a 16-year-old high school graduate. And in later version, she's aged to be an 18-year-old high school graduate and detective. 
Oh my god, that's gross. I was nine, and I was, to me at nine, to me at nine years old, 18 years old, or maybe 16, because 16, I read the old, the old Nancy Drews. I didn't read the new ones. I didn't like the new pictures of Nancy Drew. It felt like when she, uh, when she, when, when they did like the revamp of Nancy Drew, I didn't like the, the pictures, and that was what had drawn me, but 16 years old, when I was nine, 16 years old to me felt like 25. <laughs> you might as well have been 25 years old. That's that, but that, that's like that's young. That's young kid stuff. That's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. I want to eat these wings, dip them in some blue cheese sauce. Fuck. Okay. Uh, a couple more, then we'll do, then we'll do, uh, some other stuff, but yeah, uh, how, how, really, really wish, right, that, I, that Nancy Drew was not coming out, and I wouldn't have these conflicted feelings, it also brought up some memories of that, those times on several occasions where I was reading Nancy Drew as a child, um, <laughs> Like, I can't believe that I didn't, like, that I'm, like, how many boys? Please, let me know that I'm not alone, because I feel alone. That's all it is. I feel really alone that I, I, like, I feel like a weirdo that I read Nancy Drew. (laughs) I'm going to get no comments, no love on that. You read Nancy Drew as a child? The fuck were you thinking? Um, Okay. Okay. Let's see. What is what is one more big piece of news? I saw one that I thought looked good. Um Netflix says Fortnite is a bigger threat than HBO. We compete with and lose to Fortnite more than HBO, Netflix said in a letter to shareholders Thursday. There are thousands of competitors in this highly fragmented market vying to entertain customers. Netflix fears Fortnite more than HBO. Okay, let's see. According to Netflix, HBO is less of a threat than Fortnite. Yeah, no, HBO, who the fuck is, I mean, you're watching Game of Thrones. You're watching Game of Thrones, maybe they make another Band of Brothers, whatever. This is a few more years before HBO is folding. Like, HBO was was a, I don't know, but they do have HBO Go, so, uh, but they're not going to be getting as much money from HBO Go as they would have with HBO, because, like, Man, how much is how much did HBO cost, and how much did people enjoy HBO because they could stream movies and all that stuff? Now you're just like, mm, watch, come watch Game of Thrones, and like, who isn't willing to just steal one show? I think people are willing to steal one show. the The genius of Netflix is now it's like people aren't willing to steal like five shows they enjoy, and Netflix just has so much good programming. Like, HBO HBO's dead. HBO's dead. They sunk all their money into film rights. When they should have sparked while the iron was hot and fucking bought up just a bunch of HBO original shit, seeing that the tide was going to turn and that TV wasn't going to be big, and now we're here. And now Fortnite, a fucking game made in Korea or whatever, is a bigger threat than HBO. HBO is, in, is not going to be a fucking threat unless they start changing, unless they, start ma- in, unless they invent Fortnite 2, HBO is going to fucking die. 
Sorry for those of you who like HBO. After this, this is the last season of Game of Thrones. The fuck else are you going to watch on HBO? Like, who... Like, I can't name a single other HBO show. Yet they have they they're they're tossing around all these movies like that's gonna fucking matter in another four or five years. Create you should have created it HBO. You could have been you could have been Netflix, but you didn't. You were a dinosaur and you fucked up and you didn't pay any credit to Netflix when it was rising and now they have they're now they're the big fucking shit and you're about now you're not even as fucking competitive as Fortnite with a Fortnite fucking dance who's seeing the Game of Thrones dances that people are doing huh nobody it's all about those fucking Fortnite dances if you don't know what Fortnite is um then maybe you should uh, get in your 1980s DeLorean time machine and travel to 2019 where <laughs> where Fortnite is probably one, it is one of the biggest fucking media sensations of all time. And Netflix is afraid of them. Or maybe they're not afraid. They're just fucking more afraid of them than HBO. Or other streaming services. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of, I wouldn't be afraid of HBO if I was Netflix. I'd be afraid of Hulu more than HBO, but everybody's like, no shit. Everybody's sitting there like, no shit. Anyways, uh, I have a few would you rathers that I got sent in by uh, my good friend Thomas Bailey. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And thank you so much for, for taking a little time with these would-you-rathers. Let's see. Um, okay. Would you rather bathe in a hot spring so that you smelled like sulfur all the time or bathe in a water tower that was ambient temperature but your body funk got into the drinking water? Um. Ooh, fuck. That's a good question because I'm I'm fucking over people in both of these scenarios, right? So the real question is, would I rather uh do I do I care more about the way that I will present myself to people, right? Because I'll smell bad or the way that people will be affected by me um being in being in it's like oh bathe in a water tower my body funk got into the drinking water if i could 100 percent know that i wouldn't kill anybody by bathing in a water tower i'd do that i'm in a job where i'm constantly being looked at and people are looking at me for a reason to not <laughs> to not hire me again like whether they know it or not they're they're like people are looking for, or or in a more positive light people are looking for good reasons to hire me uh so i want to give as few reasons to not hire me that's the, that's the best way to put it i'm trying to give as few reasons to not hire me as possible and smelling like sulfur that's going to be hard to get out that's just farts that's straight up farts everybody if you've never smelled sulfur, straight up farts. Now, if the farts, if I can, if I can somehow cologne myself or Febreze myself to get those farts off, 
it won't be a huge thing to anybody fine let's do that but my job kind of defense kind of depends on me not smelling like smelly fucking farts so (laughs) my livelihood is on the line here people my livelihood is on the line if if I found out that my funk would kill people from the water tower, I, which I can't see happening, I can't see that happening. I bathe in the water tower. They don't have fucking Brita filters. If you're not if you're not filtering with Brita or just buying your shit straight out from the from the stores, fucking water, like press the button and three gallons of water comes out. Do you really deserve to live? <laughs> you really deserve to live huh is that a really is that really um okay cool and uh let's do one last thing here let's let's have let's do my uh my patented uh improvised commercial let's see what the commercial is going to be about today uh vegas attractions let's do that let's see what's let's see what the fun stuff is huh things to do um ooh exotics racing i haven't done any type of exotics so here we go push exotic cars to the limits as you drive on a real race track or ride shotgun in a drift ready corvette z06 professional racing instructor included come down to the fuck is this called exotic racing where we have all of the cars that look like an alien manufactured them that's right we got corvettes we got other corvettes and we got the corvette z06 that's a lot of different cars they come in different colors like midnight gray and lime slushy green and also just red so (laughs) Come on down and book book a time. Book a time where an instructor will teach you how to race a car and drive a car really fast, almost like you've never driven a car before. All the sarcasm and <laughs> passive aggression uh, is is yours for no extra charge. So come on down to Exotics Racing where you can feel like you have a humongous penis <laughs> i'm talking to you daryl that's right i know you got a small peen so come on down to exotics racing where the girls are chomping at the bit to get a piece of your sweet corvette d06 <laughs> That might be one of my favorite improvised commercials ever. <laughs> that might be one of my favorite, just of all time. Um, and if your name's Daryl, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sure you you have a large penis, unless you don't. In which case, um, come on down to Exotics Racing. <laughs> All right, I love you all, you sweet mukakis, all of you mukites, all of you sweet brentologists. I'm going to eat some wings, go to bed, wake up tomorrow, 
have a rehearsal from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Show starts on Wednesday. I'm so fucking just, I'm so fucking ready to just eat and fall asleep right now. Prepare for a 12-hour day tomorrow. Anyways, um, thank you. Thank you, seriously. I, 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 I got a little, got a little nippy on this one, a little upset. Uh, the food pangs. I, I blame it all on food pangs, but uh, I hope you realize it isn't geared towards you. I love you, and I, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. I still can't believe people are listening. Let me know. Drop me a line. Brent Mukai, B-R-E-N-T-M-U-K-A-I, uh, about what you're thinking of the podcast, how you think maybe if you have an idea of how I can improve. Send me some news articles. That's great. Send me some news articles of... Uh, yeah, send me some news articles of of shit that you maybe find interesting that maybe I'll find interesting. Uh, I'm thinking about adding some educational type content on here so that it's not just pop culture news. I'm, I'm wondering if that's something of interest to anybody. I might just try it next episode, but um, hit me up. B-R-E-N-T-M-U-K-A-I across all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, uh, everywhere. Find this podcast everywhere podcasts are made. Uh, if you could leave me a review, I haven't asked for a review in a while. So, uh, if you could leave me a review on the, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, or even just a review on my Facebook page, maybe just a like, I would super fucking appreciate it. Thank you already. Uh, you are the reason why I, I created this podcast and continue doing it. Um, so yeah as always deeply appreciative love you I'm Brent Mukai voice actor improv trainer entertainer yeah it rhymes get over it peace